You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. L.A. Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of L.A. Street Art Gallery, James Chen of podcast episode 147 what's up bro it's so good to see your face man <laughs> i know right last time we were hanging out we were uh hanging out in person yeah but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know every, well there's quite a few people walking around without masks on but you know uh you actually well, have gotten the vaccine haven't you I, yeah i have gotten the vaccine but you know what's crazy man like it's funny you know i was out in austin this week actually uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, I was visiting uh, the other founder of Ellie Strut Gallery. That was Mitch. Mitchell Dumlau. He's doing great. You know what I mean? He has a really nice pad out in East Austin. Shout out to TV Head and uh, Smack Dude. Oh, yeah. I didn't get to, I didn't get to meet up with them. TV Head, I know you're listening, man. You gave me the wrong phone number, bro. We were supposed to smoke together, dude. He, he gave me his phone number to text, right? And then I was like, all right, I'll be texting. And then no response, dude. So I DM'd him. I'm like, yo, what's up, dude? And then uh, he's like, oh, shit, I gave you the wrong phone number. <laughs> I felt like you didn't want to hang out or something. You know what I mean? But I'm kidding, dude. I can't, I can't get upset with people that, you know, because I have the partial dyslexia thing that I struggle with. I have to make sure if I'm taking down a number, giving a number or whatever, I have to make sure like three or four times because oh. a lot of times that number will go. You know, I feel with you. The, well, let it's me tell you about fun. Austin, though. Let me tell you about Austin, man. <clears throat> because I went to Austin and Dallas, okay? And, uh, uh, okay. you know, nice. even though the news is saying that, hey, everything's opened up, basically, right? People are still wearing masks in Texas, man. Okay? It's not like the fucking Wild West. Really? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, basically, what the governor did is he just basically let the business owners decide if you want them to wear a mask. And every business owner is like, yeah, you got to fucking wear a mask. <laughs> you, well, you that's know good. I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Good. That makes I mean, sense. You know what I mean? It makes sense. It's... Like, it, the government shouldn't be able to tell you what you can't work, and then you have to sit at home and collect a check. I'm just saying, that's like, yeah. I don't know. That's, that's some, how some other country works, like, you know, as far as I remember. Like, you know, but here's the thing about Austin, man. Like, <clears throat> I went to a nightclub, and uh, it was basically an open-air patio area that they had. Uh, I saw a uh, shout-out to the DJ Masioplex, basically. Um, you know, he's a techno DJ. I just wanted to check him out. And then uh, we had a really good time, man. I uh, met, met a few of uh, Mitch's, you know, contacts out there. And then we partied together. It was a good time. Um, but here's the thing, man. <clears throat> you know, so what they ask you at the door when you come in the club, okay, they basically say, hey, uh, but whenever you want to take a drink, pull down your mask, take a drink, and pull your mask back up, okay? I was like... Okay, whatever. I like <laughs> it's pretty crazy, but whatever. Okay. Oh, that's you know a little I mean? okay. annoying. It is annoying. So by the end of the night, I mean like everybody's hammered. You know, I'm like seven drinks in. <laughs> you know, I mean we can't really get drunk off these seltzer that everybody's drinking these days, man. But you know, I'm and you know I'm a little bit like you know tipsy, right? <clears throat> and then so I forget to pull down my mask. Okay, like one time after I take a drink. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, after I take a drink, I forgot to pull up my mask, right? Right. So, right. so basically, this, this, I see this girl eyeing me, and I knew she wasn't looking at me because she thought I was cute. You, you know what I mean? She was looking at <laughs> It's a different look. Yeah, you know what I mean? She was looking <laughs> at me, and she was like, you know, hey, put on your mask. You, you know what I mean? And then I was like, oh, you know what? Uh, sorry, you know, whatever. But I'm just letting you know, 
uh no actually i said well i had just taken a drink and then like you know calm down you know you know and then she's like no you didn't i was watching you oh boy and then i was like i was like yeah i was like what the fuck right and then i was like okay well also by the way I've been vaccinated, just FYI, okay, just FYI. And then she goes, but still, you, you know what I mean? And, th- <laughs> and then it's the rules, it's the rules of the club, like, you, you know what hey, I mean? You know? Right? So I'm like, all nice. right, all right, I get, I get it, you, you know what I mean? Like, uh, but, but I'm, I'm just saying like, okay, and then like later on, I put my mask back on, but again, like, you know, everybody's drinking and uh, I forgot to pull it back up again. Okay, I see this bitch out of the corner. I'm sorry, see this lady out of the corner of my eye. And then (laughs) she's telling the security guard. And the security guard comes over and he's like, hey, dude, put on your mask, man, you know? And I was like, hey, is she the manager? (laughs) I just (laughs) just asked him that. You know, he's like, no, 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 no. I'm the manager, man. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, okay. I'll comply, man. I'll comply. But my point is. Unfortunately, you came around the across, you came in front of the wrong person. Yeah, no, but what I hate about this whole thing right now is that all of a sudden, like, everybody is just, it's okay. You're outdoors, right? You're outside. It's an outdoor patio. There, it's like a covered area, but it's still, like, it's a pretty, really high ceiling, and we're outside. But, I, I mean, regardless of that, what I'm saying is that what I hate about the pandemic is that it's normalized for people to just go up to other people and harass them, like, in their face. Like, you know what I mean? And then also, it's like, it's gotten to the point where like you can just narc on your neighbor, man. Like, hey, man, like uh, <laughs> you know, these guys aren't complying by uh, the the rules. You know what I mean? It's just gotten to this weird like point right now. Did you see that? Video? Yeah, the world's already. I mean, the country, United States, is divided enough as it is. Even the world, and this is just another thing to to cause more division. You know? Did because you see that video of? Uh, uh, sorry, go ahead. The taxi driver. No, 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 no. We got to watch that video. But which you know one? what I'm talking about, right? The oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Had the girl in the back seat. That, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That chick was them. just like coughing on him and, and stuff like oh, that. I was like, dude, oh, dude, I don't man, hit women, dude. but. but. No, nah, that, that was the ghettoness, man. The ghettoness coming out of that. Yeah, that would have been hard know? not to take a swing at something. I know, that, you know, more mm. Uber driver, man. These guys got to drive around during the pandemic. <sighs> uh you know put their put themselves at risk and i get your point you're saying that the the texas is not the wild west you got these these and yeah it's it is like that man people are getting a little aggressive with the uh with the mask calling and the mask you're vaccinated but still but still Uh, (laughs) that's just unfortunately what that shows is is a little bit of ignorance as to what is possible well hold on hold on did you see the video of fauci and Rand paul Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, what do you feel yeah, about that? I, yeah, I had to go over and, and, and let loose on the on the on the um, kicking and punching bag. Yeah, over I, I want to know your opinion, man. Because... Uh, thank you, thank you. Please let me know your opinion on it because uh, I only saw a clip. Maybe I'm misinformed, but I would love to know what you what you think, man. Well, dude, Rand Paul just has this way about him that uh, you know makes it sound like his uh, whatever he his knowledge is, whatever his information is, is is it. And then I mean, whatever Fauci is talking too. about, okay, yeah. So yeah, was, I'm just saying, like, right? So I mean, he has some. He had, He's more than the layman, right? The thing that is he an infectious disease expert, though. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's what Rand Paul was saying. Rand Paul was saying, like, hey, can't why can't people take off the masks after you've been vaccinated? And then you you know, 
he says, basically, if I'm keeping my mask on and I've already been vaccinated, it's basically to make other people feel better, which is a form of theater in, in a sense, right? Because you don't actually need to wear the mask. We're just complying because Fauci feels like, all right, we should all still wear the mask. And I think like, you know, he kind of danced around it. He was like, oh, well, there, there's these all these other variants and things like that. And I was like, well, if there's all these other variants, what's the point of getting the vaccine, man? I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, I really don't get this logic, man. Like, I'm just as a person that's already suffered through the vaccine, you know, that probably didn't need it. Okay, but just got it to be compliant. You know, I mean, I oh, don't know, dude, but... I got it. I got it. I got the vaccine. I got the oh, first stab. Yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Congratulations, man. Hold on. Um, I was a little bit uh, tired the next day. Felt like I got hit in the arm with a sledgehammer. Um, yeah. And uh, let me just tell you this. If you're going to, to Dodger Stadium, go to the Academy Gate. Um, I, uh, when I was looking it up on the, on the traffic app, um, whatever directions I had, uh, I didn't really notice it saying the Academy gate. Okay. <clears throat> and I put the wrong gate in there. Oh, <laughs> and what happened was on the way over there, not only did I come upon road construction where they had this, uh, a cop car that was doing the zigzag and making everyone slow down and stop so the construction guy could get out and pick up the cones, taking his sweet time, mind you. Jeez. Anyway, I'm, I'm late now. I gave myself 20 minutes extra time, you know, because it's Dodger Stadium, late because of that. I get there, find out, oh, no, 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 no. I picked the wrong gate. It was coned off. And then, so there I am, you know, supposed to be in line, ready to go, and I don't even know where I'm going. So, you know, I'm screaming at the top of my head uh, for a few minutes until I can find my, you know, uh, my mantra word for <laughs> meditating and then make my way around uh, to the academy gate uh, and go in. And there's, I've never seen so many orange cones um, in one area of my life. They just have it uh, coned off like a little bit of a maze you have to go through. And they have two big sections and you just go to one of the other sections and then you yeah, it's about a line of nine cars how long they did have, it take you to get to get the vaccine though um not that long dude once once we got in line with the cars and you stop they come by and they check you know your that you have the right identification and everything and then they make sure you got your you know um show why you you know how you're there and everything how you're able to give it so and then next thing you know here comes this guy with the needle oh, nice open your door give you Boom. your microchip right <laughs> yeah exactly let me ask yeah. you wait so did you sign up on my turn and then you got your uh, uh app like ding that it's your turn to get the uh, uh no the the wife took care of it for me she okay. uh does a lot of the hey, paperwork and that's the benefits like of that. having a lady man yeah having a wife you know she, well it, you know not all women of... are this uh adamant about taking care of all the paperwork and everything that's Dude, true. she's german was she, she grew up in Germany. Um, so I would trust her with paperwork more than I would myself <laughs> any day of the week. You know, um, the thing about, um, dude, I heard Germany right now, uh, you know, they're having another resurgence. Actually, I heard Europe, they can't really get, uh, aside from the UK, they can't really oh, get Brazil's getting just massacred right now. But getting back to what you're saying about uh, Rand Paul and, and Fauci. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I get the point that Rand Paul is making. But when you, when you put someone like Fauci, um, when you make him look less knowledgeable than he mm -hmm. is, and, and you, you 
say bad things about them, you cause a large amount of population to to go into dis- disbelief mode and do what the fuck they want. Mm, unfortunately, I see, we I all got to pull point. together. Yeah, we all have to pull together to some degree if you want to get the mass of people to do this. There's so much division division right now in this country that it's impossible to get us all to do one thing. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know what? I see uh, our guest in the waiting room, and let's let's see what he has yeah, to say about it, man. Let's, yeah, let's, yeah, let's talk about some armor. Right, let me let him in, man. <laughs> Put on your red shoes and Hey, welcome, Sinclair. How you doing, man? Good. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks, man. I, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been. It's been a- Thank you for joining us today, man. Where are you? Where are sure. you joining us from? Um, I'm in Florida now. I live in Florida, so I'm I'm born and raised New York guy. Uh, moved my family down to Florida. Uh, so I'm 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 all over the place. I kind of. Pre-COVID, I was, you could find me anywhere. Now I'm in Florida. <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you I, I like that. that. I, I like that New York accent you got, man. You, you know, yeah, I'm, you know, I mean, I've been, I've been, yeah, I haven't lost it yet, you know. So I, I, I hear I still sound like a New Yorker. And when I go to New York, people sound like, say I don't sound like a New Yorker anymore. So I don't know what it is. What? <laughs> yeah. No. When, I, when, I go, when I go back up, I hear it all the time. People say, you don't sound like you. You sound like you're losing your accent. When I come back to Florida, people are like, "Yeah, there's no mistaking your accent." <laughs> it's undeniable. Okay, now I can I can get that. You know, maybe you're losing your accent a little bit. You know what I mean? But yeah. when I hear your your accent, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's well, hard to think of it being from anywhere else. <laughs> sure, it's 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 one of those things where I I don't hear it. The minute I get out of the airplane and I'm in Kennedy Airport, I hear the accent. I'm going, wow, I can hear the accent more now than I ever heard it. Never knew I had an accent until I moved out of New York. <laughs> so where are you? Uh, you down in the 305? What part of uh, Florida? No, I'm, I'm, I'm actually on the southwest Florida side. I'm in a quiet spot, man. Um, oh, okay. I, I was originally going to bring my family over to the West Palm Beach area because I have family over there. Right. Um, my my wife's got family on this side, so I'm in between Sarasota and Fort Myers. Nice. Oh, dude, I I'm, went to art school in Sarasota. Yeah, yeah, I deal with. I know uh, that area Sarasota. very well. It's beautiful, man. You got all the yeah. keys up and down there. You know, a little yeah, protection yeah, yeah. for the mainland. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I yeah, like that nice. area I'm, down I'm, there. I'm, I'm, I'm hey. in a quiet area, but I'm not too far from all the hotspots. So I'm an hour from Tampa. I'm two hours from Orlando. About two <laughs> yeah. and a half from Miami. Yeah, I'm in a good spot. You know, yes. we have a we have a tradition on this show actually that whenever somebody is from oh, Florida, God. Yeah. we have to play the Florida man game. <laughs> he's not actually. from Florida though. Although no, he no, is well, he is in Florida right now, so he's kind of. I'm game. I'm game. Do you know about the Florida man game? I do not. But okay, okay. So let me let me play, let me play the let me play the intro real quick. Okay. That's right, everybody. We're going to play Florida Man right now. <laughs> Basically, Florida Man is, uh, you know, when, whenever there's a story in the news that's like crazy, usually yep. Florida. So basically, we had our buddy Felix, who's a street artist out here. He said mm-hmm. that if you type in your birthday and then Florida Man, basically a crazy news story will come up. 
And, uh, you know, we, we've done our own birthdays basically already. Okay. On your birthday, basically your birthday, some guy in Florida did something really fucked up. Yeah, so. really fucked up. So what's your birthday, brother? Okay. Uh, do you need month, day, and year? Uh, just give me your month and date. Uh, 10-19. 10-19. 2019. This will be interesting. Oh, dude, it's, you know, it never uh, disappoints. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, believe, believe me. I, I'm from, I the, I'm from the other end. The reason I didn't ask you for the reason I didn't ask you for the your 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 year of birth is because, uh, you know, I want to keep it a little bit. Hopefully, you know, you know, you do, you know, street art in the streets. We want to keep it a little bit anonymous. But basically, your Florida man is a Florida man accused of using Kool-Aid packets to steal nearly 1,000 in Walmart merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know what? I'll take that. I, I'm sure there's much worse. I'm sure oh, yeah. absolutely much worse. Than that. Yes. Absolutely, man. You got lucky. Let me read the details of this. Basically, a Florida man was arrested on Sunday of suspicion of using Kool-Aid packets to steal $994 worth of merchandise from a North Naples Walmart. Bradley Young, 37, was charged with grand theft and shopping, shoplifting after a uh, sheriff's office deputy said he'd hid the powder, powder drink in his hand while scanning expensive items. In turn... <laughs> In turn, Ichi scanned at self-checkout, uh, register only ran up 24 cents, basically. Okay, wow. so, you know, another genius from Florida, you know, so don't yeah. use the <laughs> Kool-Aid packets to sure. scan for all the items, man, okay? And, and, and the ironic, <laughs> ironic part of that is, is North Naples is only about 40 minutes away from where I live, so. <laughs> I might know the guy, I don't know. That's another edition of... <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Sinclair, I'm from the other end of Florida, up near uh, Pensacola in Panama City. Yep. Uh, okay. I'm from, yeah, and it's, uh, they call that the Redneck Riviera. Oh, yeah. Um, so there's just yeah, more the, of them up there. Yeah, but the, I escaped. You know what I mean? I escaped. The, I came out well, west. I, I'm in L.A. I did, now. I did the reverse escape. I escaped New York to come down here, and now I wish I would escape out of here somewhere else because the lunacy down here sometimes is a little scary. Oh. Well, okay, okay so, hey, there's lunacy everywhere. There's lunacy well, everywhere. <laughs> Just understand that. Remember that, okay? No, no, I, 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 I agree with you. I, my, my, I, think, I think I equate my lunacy with um, down here, if you're familiar with the gun show network. So if you go to one of these big gun shows in Florida, like the lunacy, I mean, I've never... Like this one? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. no, 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 no <laughs> I just flex, guys. That was corny. <laughs> I, I literally have only seen stuff in history books in new york that i've actually witnessed in person down here in florida at, at gun shows no less Jesus. so it's kind of like it's you know when you when you when you experience that stuff you're like wow i've seen this in on tv i've seen this in history books but i've never seen it in person until i moved here so it's the wild now, west of the east <laughs> oh my god absolutely you know it, it, it's it's <laughs> you know it, it, listen i love living here but you know the the the, the last four years five years of the the political shenanigans oh, that you know it, it's yeah. it's made it's made florida in my opinion you know you just you, you have to be very careful talking politics down here because you never know who you may offend on either side i mean you mm. can literally say something to somebody and just it's 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 a it's true it's getting show. to be that word just about everywhere you know what i mean yeah it's it's getting guess, to be this this whole snowflake generation who you oh, can't yep, say yeah, anything absolutely. 
you know, don't look at any old Johnny Carson shows or any Dick, you know, uh, Don Rickles or, you know, uh, these guys used to do the, uh, the roasts, you know, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah. None of that would fly these days. None of it. I mean, I've even had conversations with, uh, other street artists recently about, you know, almost like watching what you're doing now that you don't offend somebody that you may unintentionally offend. So, you know, even stuff that you're doing illegally on the streets, you're now going, you know, do I have to, I have to be very careful what I'm saying or, or the message I'm putting out because somebody may misinterpret what I'm doing. And yes. I might completely not mean to send a message out that somebody receives it the wrong way. And next thing you know, my Instagram is going bananas with people talking shit. And Oh, dude, you're always offending somebody these days. You know what I mean? You just got to grow mind, that skin. I don't mind offending. I, I, if it's an intentional offense... <laughs> Right. I don't mind. Right, right, right. I don't. I don't like the people who come at me with, you know, something. Oh, you didn't. You didn't make the statement strong enough, or you didn't. You know, it's like it's my statement. You know, it's not yours. You know, it's so. I, I don't mind getting I hear some you slack on that once one, in a friend. while. Yeah, I, I don't mind the slack. I don't mind that. I I do mind the the person who takes it to the extreme snowflake. You know. Well, lodges a place. complaint. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You, I mean, have you makes heard, a report. I feel like, you know, a lot of people who are getting offended, like they really don't understand their history, basically, a lot of times. You, yeah, you know I what agree. I mean? Absolutely. Like, uh, for example, I mean, just the most recent thing, like, you know, Eminem is like getting canceled for his lyrics. Like, again, basically, yeah. you hear about this, right, Teach? You know what I mean? It's Eminem? Like, yeah. How recent it, was that? No, this is like past month, basically, because... <laughs> You know, and his lyrics are what made him. <laughs> the yeah, thing is, like, exactly. it's just funny to me because, at least for my generation, when I grew up, it was the parents telling us, hey, you can't say those things. These are bad yep. things. And then yep. now it's the kids of, like, this generation telling Absolutely. us, like, hey, man. This is You're like offending a- me. <laughs> but yeah. See, the main reason is because they don't know their history. They don't know the ab- – you know, they're trying to cancel him for the same stuff that they were sure. canceling him back in the day. Yeah. It was like, mm-hmm. hey, man, uh, you know, you're offending – uh, uh you know gay rights and things even though they don't know how much he did actually yep. you know donate to the gay community and all this absolutely like that, so speaking of history sinclair let's get to a little bit of your yeah history yeah there. yeah yeah sure. you're from uh you're from new york okay right yep so yep. when you were growing up when did you uh when did you start noticing graffiti and stuff like that uh probably i'm gonna show my age here but probably about i'm 52 i don't give a fuck so <laughs> so, so am i so what seven, yeah, I'm 50. Look at this. Look at the oh, difference he, here. Look he at this. Better, I look like I'm about he 60 than you, bro. <laughs> Being from the east side, upper New York, he's smart. You know what I mean? He doesn't spend a whole lot of time in the sun. He looks like he's about, you know, what, 35 or something? I actually really thought you were in your 30s, bro. So, so yeah, nah. uh, I'm just saying, you, damn, I, I, you got to put on some I, fucking I, moisturizer or some shit, man. It's too late, dude. It's too late. I, I'm, I'm accepting it. Look at all the gray. Well, gray. He's already a beaten piece yeah. of leather, man. God damn, dude. All that. All okay, that. Back to when did you start noticing the graffiti? Um, I Like consciously noticing it probably about 1978, 79. Wow. Um, nice. Okay. So who was around that you remember that stuck what out? What borough were you in? Uh, well, actually, my, my family's history goes like this. My family's all from Park Slope, Brooklyn. Um, my mom moved out to uh, Western Long Island before I was born, and I was born in Long Island. So I kind of have a mixed mm. bag of Long Island growing up, half Brooklyn, half, you know, we would constantly move around. So um, mm. it was Brooklyn. But my, my biggest thing was um, my mom had a lot of family that left Brooklyn. And if they didn't move to Long Island, they moved upstate New York. So it was the mass exodus out of the city 
in the 70s, 60s and 70s when they wanted to just get the hell out of Dodge because of the drugs and the heroin and, you know, everything was going to shit back then. Um, so my mom's... Yeah, a lot of the mob, a lot of the mafia was, was crazy oh, at yeah, that time. Yeah, it was, it was insane. It was, it was, you know, you used to, we used to... So my family, a lot of my family moved upstate. So my mom's sister moved upstate New York. So we would have to... We would go there like every few weekends a month um, and we would have to go through the Bronx. Um, so I would always notice the throw-ups on the Cross Bronx Expressway. Um, ah, okay. You know, like that, that was my first exposure. Like, what are all these bubble letters? Like, what is all this stuff? You know, and just, you know, I, I just, I couldn't wait to get into the borough of the Bronx on my way upstate New York to see all the throw-ups that were on the Cross Bronx Expressway. It was really, uh, you know, a who's who. You know, now you speak some of these people's names and they are, you know, the quintessential like graffiti. Dundee legends. and Is. And, uh, yes. Yeah. Is. Uh, maybe Quick even. Scene. Um, okay. You know, you, you just, you can go through the litany. Oh, wait, of, was Min One. Did you ever know yeah. uh, here on Min One? I, yeah. I've Love heard of guy. him. I, I, I've seen his stuff all over the place. Um, some of the guys I met, some of them I didn't. Um, it was one of those things where until probably I would say 83, 84 is when. I felt bold enough to get on a train and tell my mom I'm going to the store or the park and then, you know, take a train into the Bronx, take a train into the Lower East Side, take a train into wherever you would hear graffiti was. Um, and that's how I was exposed to it. How old were you um, when you started doing that? Um, I'm going to say about 14, 14, 15. Uh, that's I mean, we about the doing, good, good trouble getting into age. Yeah, we were doing some gnarly stuff. I mean, you know. What about I, music, I man? Back. Was there music that got you into the graffiti or was it just purely from looking at the... Uh, no, I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, I, I grew up in the quintessential hip-hop era. Yep. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm growing up, I, I, had to be, I had to be a break dancer. I had to be a graffiti writer. I had to be a DJ. I had to be... Yeah, you know, it was almost too, like... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was almost like, you know, your, your, your resume needed to have the five essential hip-hop elements, and you needed to be a part of it somehow, and I, I kind of dibbled in all of it. Ooh, I did graffiti, I, I break dance, you know. Uh, oh, you know, nice. And it, a little bit of b-boying, right? Hell yeah. Yeah, all of it. I mean, I, I got pictures that are completely humiliating from back then, the outfits <laughs> and shit, and it's like, you know. You got your Kango hat on DJ with your Adidas. I got my right? Kango, my DJ equipment, my my. <laughs> Fat laces in my shell tops, my lean jackets on, on my you know Sergio Tuccini running suit, tracksuit, whatever you want to call nice. it. Nice, um, You know, we used to just you know we would just we would just nutcases. We literally would get on the train and go into neighborhoods where you know we had to run eight, nine, ten deep because if we didn't, you know, you, you, oh, you people yeah. would be, people would be like, who are you and why are you here and why are you sitting on the the platforms looking at the trains and you know all we wanted to do was take pictures of the subway cars so um <laughs> you know and then you, you get to know where the writers hang out and you get to know where the graffiti guys were you know some of them were older like scene was an older guy than we were at the time so he had his own t-shirt shop so we would go there and it's like oh we're gonna go meet you know the the, the godfather of graffiti and we're gonna go spend time with this guy and he's gonna talk to us and We'll have a slice of pizza and we'll talk about the the five line and, 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 and you know, his wars with whoever. And we were like, you know, we couldn't get enough of it. So, you know, I grew up like seeking these guys out because they were like about, I would say, maybe seven to ten years older than me. So no you know, internet. That's but, within your reach. Yeah. yeah. No, There's no internet. No. Just, just for yeah, how do you see younger these people guys listening? Out. Exactly what he said. <laughs> hanging out, hanging out, hanging out. It's just word of mouth, man. You hang out. You, we would hang out on the East Tremont platform. It was the five line that would go by. And at that time, the five line was 
like you wanted it was like it was like watching every masterpiece that somebody from new york who grew up around graffiti could watch Amazing. so when you stand nice. there you you know you have your beefs you have your fights you, you know you get to know people from just hanging out in the same spots over and over again and they slowly but surely will let you in on a little info like hey scene's got a you know, he's, he's painting sweatshirts and stuff at a record store. And you know, okay, let's go see that, man. Let's go hang out with scene, man. And, you know, he was one of those guys who he loved to talk about, you know, graffiti and his days is, you know, I mean, at that point he was kind of, you know, not doing as much as he used to. He did like handball courts and he was doing like stuff in Paris and, you know, he wow. kind of was evolving. Yeah. And uh, we, we were, we were the up and come guys like, Hey, well, we want to start doing what you used to do. And they, they were always like, well, you know, you kids from Long Island are coming out to the Bronx and you got some balls coming out here, you know, acting stupid over here because <laughs> there's, there's still a whole lot of guys doing graffiti over here. And, you know, we just kept doing it. And, you know, until, you know, some of us, I, I kind of, I kind of branched off from that um, in probably about 18 or 19. I, I, I branched out of graffiti and um, I, I wanted to do, you know, like anybody else, you know, I was getting pressured go to school, figure out what you're going to do with your life. And I didn't feel graffiti was a place for me to, you know, have a job and make money. And nobody I knew doing graffiti was making money. They were either getting arrested. Pretty sensible or, at a young age, huh? Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I had a hardcore family upbringing that, you know, the Europeans in my family were like, go get a job. You know, you're old enough to work, start working, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. start earning your keep around here. And I, and I had to, to where some of my other friends, their parents were a little less lenient on them and they were able to do whatever they wanted to. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I made a decision to go to college for music. I got into the music business. I was That's like, how awesome. do I take, how do I take my creative, my artistic, I went to art school for a little while. I didn't like it. I didn't like being told how to do, I didn't like it. It just, the structure of it was boring. Mm. Um, I hear you, bro. And, I went to art school. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, 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 I said enough with the art school and a buddy of mine, his parents were big in the music business in New York and huh? he wound up getting a record deal um, with uh, the, the bomb squad who produced uh, public enemy. Oh, no. And wow. so I started doing that and I started like, Hey, I can use my, my creative skill artistically, but in a music sense. So I basically traded one form of artistic expression for another. And I went to college for music. I learned how to produce. I learned how to engineer. Uh -huh. So I could, I could literally make you the beat, bring you in a recording studio, record your entire album and, you know, then bring it to a record label and go, here's the product you want to buy, sign these guys or not, you know? So I kind of, wow. I got into producing and nice. uh, arranging and, you know, I'm a producer as well, right? You know, I'm a DJ and I produce. I love too, Renaissance, so. yeah, man. I love yeah, that. You were talking it, it, to a Renaissance it, man. It's awesome. You yeah, know? exactly, man. This guy does. He said there would be one, too. and there are two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, awesome. I just literally, I just got hit up by my friend who, he, um, him and DJ Scribble are, are opening up, supposedly getting into uh, doing music for video games and soundtracks and stuff nice. like that. Oh, and, there you go. And, That's and he's right literally there. like, he's like, dude, why don't you get back into making music? And I'm like, I don't know if I could juggle two art forms. I'm like, I got a lot going on with the art world right now, even though COVID's kind of slowed things down, but things are starting to pick back up. So well, I'm kind of, you know, you know, for, for I, this is what I've seen the difference, man. Like, you know, in the art world, it's like more like tangible sometimes, man. It's like, sure. Hey, you make a painting, you sell yep. it, you know, yep. and you get money. <laughs> yep. You, know, you exactly. know what I mean? Like, yep. I mean, now we're dealing with like, 
all this NFT bullshit. That that's like yeah. a that's like a whole another thing. But at the end yeah. of the day, music is like weird. Yeah. How do you monetize the music business, right? Yeah, because it's like yeah. you're no longer selling CDs anymore. Yeah. You know, what I mean, now you're selling. You know, you know like, what's you know you know what's funny. You're saying that just before I did this, um, Keith Shockley, who is one of the producers of Public Enemy, I was just on uh, a, a a lot Instagram live he was doing, and they were just speaking about that just now. They were how uh-huh. do musicians create nfts and let's say you're collabing with another artist how how who gets the ownership of the nft at that point are there oh, what percentage exactly so well, we, we were having that conversation yeah. i'm like you know i didn't think of this i didn't think of if i do an artistic collab with let's say you and me and you go let's make an nft out of this who owns it? Who gets the money? Do we? Is yeah. it an honor basis, or we start? Has that been covered first? yet? Well, I what don't you know. can do. What you is there a legislation do, on that? Well, exactly. What, what you? Yeah. There's. First of all, there's not. But what you can do is make two NFTs, and then yep. you each own one of them, basically. But that's basically, I, right? that's that's what I was thinking of, and then we started getting into the music end of it because with with music you have to like. You know, you have to put music into the Library of Congress. I mean, there's there's a whole different ball game oh, yeah, of yeah, the ownership yeah. of music rights. There could be oh seven guys God. in a band. Yeah, so how do yeah. seven guys in a band then own an, own an NFT if there's seven people and then you have the company that put them together? I mean, it gets real convoluted when Definitely. you start branching out into other people. Yeah, I so mean, this, yeah. This, is, this is my this is my thing on FTS, man. It's it's definitely for people who have way too fucking much money to spend, man. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's expensive. <laughs> I mean, for now, wait, 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 wait. For now, it is. For yeah. now, it is. But hey, do you remember when computers came around? Sure. Oh, nobody could afford those fucking things, could they? You know. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing with NFTs. All right, you got a lot of climate crisis that are coming up. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're going to be destroying a lot of Earth's surface and buildings and artwork and people's belongings okay an nft may become i think i mean i was the guy that said hey internet fuck this you can't yeah, exactly. see it you know yep. yeah but you know nfts could be one of those things where it becomes to where everyone has one it's just different levels of value to them or something because sure. yep when you look at it that way and the possibility of all your belongings being destroyed but you want to have a memory of it Yep. And an NFT may be one of the only ways you have of having a high quality, you know, replication of whatever it is you want. Yep. Maybe I well, should be a salesman or something for them. Or there something. you go. <laughs> Listen to well, me, man. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, here's the they thing. They owe me. Well, like I said, you know, the NBA is releasing an NFT of a moment, yep. right? And then yep. they're, they're releasing 15,000 of these NFTs. <clears throat> okay, so you can have like 14,000 of 15,000 uh, and you know you own this moment <laughs> along with 149,000 other people. I'm just yeah, saying, Jordan Wright when he's about eight eight feet up yeah, and he's still going up. You and everybody else and 15,000 people own that moment. Okay, Wonderful. exactly. You, you know, what I mean, so I'm like, to me, I'm just saying, like, look, Cole really, I got him. I got him when he's up at 10 feet. And he's up above the rim. And that I same think a drive. lot of these, you know, a lot of these <laughs> right? people who are buying them, they're like, hey, I like basketball. Yeah. I have crypto. I can move. Yep. I can diversify my portfolio into. Yep. Uh, some of these baseball, I mean, like such a fucking caveman, right? you know, NFTs, yeah. right? But like I said, man, at the end of the day, it's just like, I don't know, maybe, maybe like, I just feel like, you know, if you have so much money that you're just tokens, maybe you can, mm-hmm. you know, help somebody. <laughs> sure, <laughs> absolutely. Say, that's, that's all I'm saying. I, you know, that's my piece, but you know, like, I, 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 I had people who, you know, when it, when the whole NFT, NFT thing started blowing up, I had people who were like, 
Ah, uh, that's bullshit. Uh, it's a waste of time. It's a pyramid scheme. It's this, it's that. Then I had another camp of people who were like, oh, we got to get in on this. We've got to learn about this. This is the future. This is that. So yep. I, I sat in the middle somewhere. I said, okay, let me familiarize myself a little bit with, with the platforms that are the quote unquote, you know, ones to be a part of. And I created one and I oh, haven't awesome. gone any further than that. I, I just haven't gone any further because I'm sitting and waiting, you know, how does this all pan out in the future? I kind of want to give everybody like just, hey, if you're interested in NFTs, go to OpenSea.io, okay? You can basically, it's the largest NFT marketplace. You can create your yeah. own NFT. Go to town, man. And I, I, I support yeah. any artist that actually does this stuff. But I'm just saying, mm -hmm. the people buying it, god damn, you guys have a lot of fucking yeah. money, man. Okay. Yep. Hey, wait, like yep. I said, for now, for now, just give yeah. it time. You never know what may happen with this. Well, but, said, but even, with, even with the cryptocurrency, the cryptocurrencies go up and down. So it might be worth X amount today and then tomorrow it plummets and it's not worth anything. So it's yep. like anything else. You're playing, you're playing with something that has its ups and its downs. And, yep. 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 You yep. know, you could lose your ass on it quickly and you can make money quickly. I mean, it's, but well, you also need to find somebody who accepts that type of currency too. Have so you, have you heard about exactly. the, uh, um, this virtual real estate stuff? Like there's, no. okay, this, I was like mind blown by this. So basically in the crypto world, there's also these like, think of them as like crypto resorts where you can buy like, <laughs> where you can buy like virtual property. Okay. No, no, I'm not joking, man. Like, you know, I believe you. And then, and then you basically invest in this like kind of like resort place and you buy these like, kind of like properties that are virtual and it's all inside this system. And then you can, it's like SimCity, but crypto, you know, you can actually buy like yeah. nodes that people have to cross in order to build <laughs> things and you actually earn a return on these nodes. Okay, so I'm, I'm just letting you know, you know, if you wanna go research it, there's a lot of opportunity in this world right now, man. I like to I, own physical things personally. Exactly, well that's, that, you know, here's, here's <laughs> another thing. When I, when I started, when I, when I started dibbling into just looking at creating an NFT, my, my first point of reference was, if I make any crypto, if I make any of this cryptocurrency and somebody buys something, and I want to cash it out. What, right, where, what right. are, where am I cashing this out? And right. you know where, you know where I was, I was, I, somebody that I know works in a very high end jewelry store in New York city. And they said something to me and it, my, my a light bulb went off and I was like, that's my way. He sells like 80, $90,000 watches to people. Mm. He's got a very high end jewelry market in New York city. He said, I accept crypto. So he's like, oh. I accept all forms of cryptocurrency. So he's like, if you're worried about somebody buying an NFT from you and then you not knowing what to do with that or you have nowhere to spend it, he goes, I will take it from you and you could buy a physical piece of jewelry for yourself, your wife, oh. your friends, your family. That and, I, and I thought, so the New, Yorker, the New Yorker in me came out and said, at the end of the day, I can at least have a tangible physical piece of valuable ah. something that I can then turn around and sell if I wanted to cash that money out because I don't trust when people say, oh, you can cash it out here, there, and everywhere. I, well, how do you really cash it out? To me, cashing it out yeah, is- To who? Cold, to cold, who? Exactly, to yeah. who am I cashing it out? And so, but being oh, able yeah. to go, all right, I'll take that Rolex right there, and, yeah. or I'll take That's that diamond ring from my wife. There, exactly. there are so, certain jewelry, like Cartier, Rolex, right. uh, you right. know, whatever. I'm not gonna go through all of them, but that is an investment. They gain and value. And I'm a watch guy. Ah, there you go. So, you so go. he got me with that. I was like, well, worst case scenario, if this works out, 
I can buy something tangible with it if, yeah. if, if I wanted to just do something. So that kind of get got me into, let's be a little more serious about hey, it. Hey, I think you just changed my mind. It's at least try it, actually. You know what I mean? No, it, 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 really, you know, you're like, hey, you got to sign up for a What did you say, James? Exactly. Wait, what did you just say? You changed his mind? He no, changed I, your I, mind. I changed his mind. I changed my mind a little bit there because, you, you know what? Like I said, it was always – like it's, it's not easy to know, if you need to know the guy i'll tell you who he is offline uh, there there you go no actually you, you made a light bulb go off because i'm like man a lot of people have been pushing rolex watches sure and i bet you yeah. it has something to do with that you, you know what i mean because could be like, you know rolexes are gold bars man yeah absolutely <laughs> they i mean you know you can get a rolex the Amanaki, the man they're coming back I, and get the gold you, you know what listen, i mean so. I, it's one of those things that you know I'm always, you know, like you said, where's the cold hard cash in this? You know, like at the end of the day, if, you know, our electrical grid took a shit on us tomorrow and the internet went down, I want to be able to have something in my hand to go here. I'd like some food. Here's a Rolex for the food. You know, I can't give you, I can't give you cryptocurrency, but we don't have no. electricity or the internet. Yeah, now. right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's you know what, what, if you have an iPhone, I can give you some cryptocurrency if you got an iPhone. <laughs> you know what? That's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's big facts right there you know when my grandma escaped out of china to go to taiwan during world war ii she literally had gold bars basically sure. everybody yep. was hungry as fuck, and there was this one kid she always tells me the story that had like a sack of these buns basically literally mm -hmm. she bit she bit off a piece of her gold bar and said hey can i trade you for three of those basically yep. and he did and i'm just saying when shit hits the fan man yep. gold and rolexes Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, they're I, worth something. I grew, yeah, I grew up with an entire family who emigrated from Europe to Brooklyn, and they grew up in the Depression. They came here at the peak of the Depression. So I heard the stories about, you know, my grandmother was something similar. My grandmother would tell me, you don't know what it's like to not be able to afford shoes, or you don't know what it's like to go hungry for, you know, six, seven days with no food. And, you know, so those, those stories always stuck in my mind. Can I ask and, you where your family background in Europe was? Um, so I'm like a European mutt. Um, okay. My, my, <laughs> I am too. <laughs> my grandmother, my my grandmother, my grandfather on my father's side are Hungarian. Um, my grandmother was Hungarian royalty who came to the United States, and then she tried uh -huh. to go back after um, uh, Hungary was liberated. But when the Allies carved up Europe. Russia got hungry, and my grandmother was told, well, you're part of the royal family. Russia's putting in their own government. you got to get the hell out of here. We're taking everything you got. So she lost She lost to the Nazis, and she lost to Russia. Wow. Um, wow. And then Jeez. she came here, and my grandfather and her got married here. Um, my, mom's, my mom's father was Irish 100%, um, and my grandmother was Polish. So oh, I'm man. Polish, Irish, arm, man. <laughs> Hungarian. And then if you do any of these, uh, you know, genealogy tests, they'll tell you, you know, you're 7% this, 2% that, you know, 0.100% this. And, but <laughs> what I know well, of is, you know, good. When was, uh, you ever been to Budapest? No, I have not, man. I, my, I was supposed to go to Europe last year. I was supposed to do some stuff in Italy and England and COVID, just COVID, COVID yeah. happened. So, <laughs> yeah, that, I that, understand, man. I just, I asked because, it, you know, I mean, I got to imagine you being a Hungarian you know, descent I, I, that you might be able to go there and, and get, you know, some kind of, you know, uh, plan on pop as, as an artist. A, a plan on it. We yeah, are I actually, my wife and I, my wife has a, a movie that she wrote and is going to be directing. It's called Get Lost. Um, and they're supposed to be filming in Budapest. And uh, I think it's July or August. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. 
And so uh, she needs an assistant. I'll go. I'll go with. <laughs> you know, there's, they got, they you got know, everything I, covered, man. You um, know what? I, I, I've been to Budapest, actually. I guess I'm the only one here. And I can tell you, Budapest is like <laughs> a. Uh, it's two towns, right? There's still, yeah, there's still a lot of. It, yeah, Buda and Pesh. But the thing is, like, there's still a lot of opportunity. Most people don't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But check this out. Here's the thing. You know, the most, uh, I think, like, the most awesome thing I saw in Budapest was this little statue right here. Okay. And guess what? You know, I wanted to find like a little figurine of it. And, you know, nobody's Wait, done it. Wait, put that yet. back up a second. Okay. Put that yeah, back yeah. up. Here you go. Wow. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Super cool, right? It's like, a, it's called, yeah. uh, it's called, um, let me see here. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I forgot what it's called, but. Um, Put that in New York City, it would be the most talked about art piece in the city. Yes. Exactly, exactly man. That is very interesting. Mind, a like a sculpture small, of a kid with some yeah, kind of weird has a gesture hat. hat. It kind of has a big gesture hat on. Yeah. Um, you, you know, let me, find, let me find the name. But the point is, like, I try to find a figurine of this just because I'm a crappy tourist like that. You know what I mean? And then, like, <laughs> horrible, they horrible. They didn't even have it. But that's what I'm saying. That's what? How, yeah, they, that's how. Like, well, you would think they would have gift shops. They would have that in exactly, so, so let, right? So let me ask you, did they have gift shops? They did have gift shops. They had a. What were they selling? I'm, I'm curious. What was their. Stuff from New York and L.A. You know, like, you know. Statue of Liberty. You know, they had like little like, uh, you know, flag pins and like, you know, really? stars and shot glasses and things like that. Right, but like them, I said, them, it's just some, something like that them, you would you would want to find in Budapest, and uh, um, you know I, I just couldn't find it. So I just I'm just saying it's actually called the Little Princess Statue. Um, <laughs> pull this up real quick. They're missing out on a whole market there, then. Yeah, there's a whole market, man. Make make a mold, man. That's a fucking yep. yeah. idea, man. That's what we'll do. And people, yeah, that'd be easy that mold. That's be a pain in the ass mold to make with those <laughs> things sticking out like that. Oh my god, yeah. pouring yeah. that mold, forget it. So uh, it was made in 1972, man. Honestly, this was one of the coolest pieces I saw on the street. Um, wow. Uh, but hey, man, we, you know what? We we talked about so much other stuff. We got to get back to. Uh, I, wait, 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 wait. I got a question. I got okay. a question. Okay, so um, when did Sin- the uh, Sinclair the Vandal come from? When did that come about? I'll tell you. Um, it actually has something to do with my grandmother. Um, so nice. right in gra- right I in love graffiti. hearing that. Yeah, right in graffiti in the uh, in the eighties. I I used two names. I used ne- never one, and I used sick one, which sick one kind of became more of the one I was writing the most. Um, when I when I so my transition out of the music business down here into a corporate type job. And then I got laid off. I kind of got bummed out. Um, And during my whole layoff period of trying to figure out what I was going to do after losing my job with a corporate, you know, I was in like a fortune 500 company and I was like the suit guy and budget reports and shit. That My friend, you lived quite a few Uh, different lives. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's good for an artist. Yeah. So, so I, I, I literally got laid off. Um, and my wife noticed that I was kind of bum, bumming around. And she's like, well, do something that takes your mind off of, you know, that fact that you just lost your job there for so long. And I started, she's like, why don't you start painting again? So as a fluke, I went and got some canvas, some, you know, some shit 999 canvas from, you know, Michaels or wherever. And I started painting and I started doing a lot of abstract stuff. 
And I said, you know, where I live, there's no, if you're familiar with this part of Florida, there's no real big street art scene. There's no graffiti scene. <laughs> no. You, you know, but there I know. are. Very there conservative. Are art, they're very, there's a lot of art galleries around here. Um, you know, Sarasota has Ringling College, the Ringling Museum of Art that has very prestigious credentials in the art world. And I yep. started doing shows with the Ringling affiliated galleries throughout Smart. Southwest Florida. Oh, nice. Um, but I, oh, I, I used, <laughs> yeah, I, re, I, I literally used my real name. I just did abstract work. Um, and, you know, I did pretty good. And that's what kind of introduced me to the gallery world. So in the process of doing that, a curator asked me, where did I learn how to paint? Where, where, did, I, where, where did this all come from? And I went through the spiel of the graffiti background. And, you know, that's what I was exposed to. And, you know, she was like, okay, cool, but don't really, we don't want to bring that here because people won't respond to that. And I was like, that's, that's fine. I, I kind of figured this. So one day I'm doing an abstract painting and I hated it. And I literally hated it to the point where I said, if I got any fucking spray paint in my garage, I'm just going to tag my old graffiti name over this fucking horrible abstract piece I did. And my neighbor comes out and goes, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just tagging my old graffiti name. And I did a throw up over it. And my, my neighbor nice. goes, that looks my neighbor goes, that looks pretty cool. I like that. So I said, you know what? It does actually look pretty cool. I, I kind of thought it looked cool. So I said, you know, I'm going to start doing this a little bit more. So I was now that you did, you now that you put your throwing on it, you liked it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I literally was like dibbling with the, the abstract world. And then I started dibbling and dabbling in like, you know, let's bring the graffiti roots out and add some street art flavor to it. And I started doing shows in Miami and that's where, like it really kind of popped off for me and but getting back to the Sinclair name I had a friend of mine who's a big marketing agent out in the west coast and he is like he saw my art he's like dude I got a client that would buy that in two seconds so let's let's set this up I want to buy it from you give it to to the client as a gift it was a golf uh, a famous golfer and he goes, I got a lot of um, athletes that I, that I work with in the marketing world. So I said, listen, you know, if your money's green. I'm selling, I'm, you know, whatever, we're doing it. So he says, but we don't, it sounds kind of corny using your real name on this edgy graffiti street art, whatever, this montage of whatever you're doing. So he's like, we, let's look at it from a marketing perspective. He's like, let's figure out how do we market this artwork with a cool sounding name? So he says, what did you used to write when you did graffiti? I said, sick one. And he goes, well, he goes, sick one's really not going to work well. He <laughs> goes, my clients are not going to want to buy artwork from a guy named sick one. So he goes, start, do some research, think about some names. Let's play with some ideas. My, grandf my grandfather, my uncle was a fashion designer in New York City. He worked with uh -huh. Ann Klein and, and he was a very eccentric man. Um, he was very wealthy. He lived in midtown Manhattan his whole life since he was 17, worked in the fashion industry. He was an interior decorator. So before all these 23andMe's came out and everything, he hired an actual genealogist to do my family's entire history. And wow. this guy literally wrote, he wrote an entire book about my family's history. And in, in reading this book that he gave me, it, it came, you know, it came down to my grandmother was related to a prominent family in Europe that were called the St. Clair family. And then they kind of morphed throughout the years to the Sinclair family. So I'm looking at this, reading this story and I'm going Sinclair and something about the name popped in my head. So I called my buddy up and I said, all right, I think I got a name. And he goes, all right, hit me with it. I said, Sinclair. He goes, 
Sinclair, the creator. I said, no, no, I'm not, 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 there's, there's a Tyler, the creator. I don't want to, I'm not, I don't want to be an arrogant guy. Exactly what I thought when you said that. Exactly. So I said, listen, dude, I said, all I used to do back in the day was vandalize everything. He goes, Sinclair, the vandal, not, and it literally was that, it popped out like that. And hell yeah. Yeah. That's understandable right there. Yeah. Bingo, I mean, bango. I, I love the fact that, like, you told us this whole story and it relates to your grandma because we just, of course, it was a great segue. Yeah. But like absolutely. I said, it's, I think it's like it was a great decision, man. You're right. Yeah. I don't think anybody would buy something from Sick One. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. so, well, I mean, you know, I, I, a, I, certain, I wish... a certain uh, um, audience would. You yeah, know, sure. but you're 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 yeah. narrowing your your, yeah. your marketability. <laughs> but at that, but at this point, at this point in my art career, I was already doing gallery shows where you know people who have big money were already looking at my artwork, and you know, so my experience in the real art gallery art world, not the street stuff, was different than what I was seeing on the street. Mm. But in creating the Sinclair the Vandal, I can drop the Vandal part and have somebody just call me Sinclair. But if I'm on the streets, I can be like, no, we need to be like Sinclair the Vandal. It has mm-hmm. to be, you know, the two need to combine yeah. like the Wonder Twins. I, I can use them <laughs> both, both. You know, yeah, but whenever it's you know, appropriate, is, man, that's smart. Yeah, that's all is, about. That's I mean, basically mixed media, man. Sure, yeah. and then you know, having having you know, being working in the music business and then working in the corporate business world, I took all the things that I learned from both of those places. And I put them towards, you know, marketing myself as an artist. Um, you know, I wasn't really that worried about my street presence at the time. Um, I did have to, when I went back to New York and started doing things, I did have to kind of remind people like, hey, I'm born and raised here. Like, don't, don't get it twisted. I'm not some dude from Florida who's trying to encroach on the uh, street art world and, and the graffiti <laughs> world. Like, I have roots here, you know, so I have to... <laughs> For some, for some folks, I got to explain this story and, you know, it's okay, but, you know. Yeah, no, I, you know what? It's like everybody kind of, like, gives different respect in different ways. Sure. Some people, Absolutely. they give it because it's like, hey, man, art's awesome, but they, yep. they want to know your roots. Like, Absolutely. You know, copy it. Yeah, doesn't matter how good yeah. you are. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But let me, you let me have to serve some time. Do you miss the music business at all, man? Or, uh, I do. You, know, I you do. do? Okay, do. okay. What do. do you miss about What it? part do you miss of it? Yeah. I miss, honestly, I miss creating beats. I, I, I used to, you know, like that a was a together, thing. Man. Yeah, I, I, that was a thing that I did for the majority of my music career. And I literally, to me, it's like painting, you know, it's like you're adding the elements. There's still an, there's an element process to making a track. The same thing with the painting, um, the same thing with a fucking sticker. If you're just doing a sticker that you're going to slap all over a, a city, you know, my, my mind goes into how badass can I make that stupid little sticker look? And it becomes a, 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 you know, a tool in my toolbox, so to speak. So with music, I mean, it's, 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 I miss, I miss the camaraderie with other producers and beat makers. Um, you know, so I, my friend asked me not too long ago, last week or two weeks ago, he's like, you want to get back into doing this? He's like, you know, we don't need to live in the same city and state no more. We could do this from far away. And, and, you know, technology is afforded us. And he's like, oh, buy this drum machine and get that drum machine. This drum machine just coming out. And, technology. You know, so, you, yeah, you were still using, uh, you're still using, uh, well, when you produced back in the day, you were using analog uh, synth and uh, right. that's yep. awesome. Yep. Man. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, like, SP 1200s, Akai, S950s, yeah. uh, you now know, we're MPC 2000s. Yeah, MPC, <laughs> the new MPC, two, uh, the new MPC Live just came out. And I'm kind of looking at that thing like, well, that thing's I, I, a self-contained piece of machinery now 
Are you? Do you use any um like Ableton stuff like that or, or anything like that? I don't. I you don't. Know, you I, know, I, when, when I left the music business, I literally left the music business. My mm. my my. I had such a. You know, I'm going to tell you a little history without giving out too much detail. Um, okay. So I, I had an experience where I was, I was a, basically an A&R rep, and I had this artist from New York, and he was, a, he was a young, a white Italian kid. But if you didn't see him and you heard his music, you would think you were listening to Mob Deep, Wu-Tang. Like, this guy mm. would have blew wow. your socks off. And I, I groomed him. I had all the connections. I produced him. Studio, everything. Um, at the same time, Mob Deep was living two houses down from me in New York, and I was Whoa! kind of working with I was working with them, and we were me and Havoc were doing tracks in the basement. They they like the record label built them like this amazing recording studio. I had a recording studio in my basement, in my house in New York, but their recording studio looked like some shit that you know you would go and there was professional engineers nice. there and, um, but this was two houses away, and I started working with Havoc on some tracks. Um, and then somewhere along the line, some stuff that I made sounded a lot like some stuff he had made that made it onto one of their records. And I was oh, like, yeah, no. next thing you know, Whoa. the artist, the artist I was producing at the time decided he was going to go work with Mob Deep and they were going to put him out instead of me. And I just oh. had this, I literally had this kid a record deal and he turned it down in front of my face, like, you know, the record company was like, here's a check for X amount of dollars, go record three songs. And this is, it was a demo deal we got. And mm. the, the kid talked to, you know, a couple of guys in Mob Deep and they were like, yo, we're going to do this for you. We're going to do that. And he uh, saw dollar signs and, uh, but he didn't realize, mm. you know, like, you know, these guys, they got to worry about making their own money, man. Yeah. You know, like Mob Deep, Mob Deep, you know, the guys were not, no, they 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 were a, a very iconic, influential, well rapper. respected, not, not absolutely super ballin', not super ballin'. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so I kind of stenciled Yeah, yeah, prodigy. Yeah, Let me ask you, man. So, in modern day, twenty twenty one, man, do you feel like you still need a record label um, as a uh, no, no, no? Crazy, so, right? You don't need a there record you label. You don't need your own producer. You don't. You can do upload that shit on home. SoundCloud. You know, absolutely, some absolutely. And then uh, just go to work. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? But, you know, I mean, when, when, when I was doing the music, you needed all those elements. Yep, and then yep. ultimately what, what did it for me was, you know, it was the cutthroat nature of the business, one. And then, two, it was the record labels were really starting to back away from uh, music because people were stealing stuff. And, you know, you weren't able to sell a CD no more because everybody yep. was stealing on Napster. And so the record labels were like, well, we don't need you because – we can't sell a record right now. And there was this weird time where the record labels mm. started pushing everybody like, yo, if you had a contract with us, it's, it's, it's gone now. We're not renewing it because we can't make any money. Yeah. yeah you know, nice. and that was the, that was the you time know, I, where I was like, I got a family. Yeah. I got to go. I got to do things. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like I really don't know how it will be in the long run. Cause everything in music is changing so fast, yeah. man. But mm -hmm. one thing I heard from like one of my hero artists that I was like, working with it was just like music is marketing these days you know i mean sure. it could be the most absolutely. effective form so is of marketing. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> it, 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 it really is they're really yeah, yeah, all true. one and the same true. to be that's honest true. with you yeah it is true you know, yeah. the, the and it's harder aspect. harder to sell music than it is to sell art <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 it is yeah yeah that's it true. absolutely that's true, is man. yeah but you know uh, i it's the same hey let me ask yeah. you man so you know one of the reasons why i always felt like 
we want to invite you on the show too is because the uh, the sticker that you made or the the symbol that you made right here, man. You know, it's it's okay. super iconic, man. You know, and mm-hmm. I I love it. Like I said, it's like you know. So when did you come up with this, man? And what was the uh, obviously you know um, what we're looking at right here is a uh, an image of Sinclair with a baseball hat on, some uh, some shades, and uh, you know. Uh, uh, a mask basically. respirator respirator there yeah. you go but uh, i just want to know the, his, the story behind that so so i i i had i got offered to do i this is very it's it's a weird scenario i was with um somebody from sarasota uh the ringling museum and they took me to uh art basel for the first time and I'm I'm literally in the VIP section. I'm talking like literally, like you know, like A Rod, J Lo, like you know, literally rubbing elbows with people. I'm a nobody, absolute nobody. <laughs> and I, I I started to see the stickers all over the place. And you know, go to Winwood, you see the stickers all over the place. Um, so I started to go. You know what? Even though I'm doing like gallery stuff, like I really need to. It was like the street guy, the street, the graffiti, the vandal dude came out of me and I was like, I need to get some stickers and do something where I could plaster those things all over the place to help me, you know, not, not, I didn't think of it as reestablishing street credibility. I thought of it as promotion. So mm. if I did, oh, yeah. so to make a long, so, so make a long story short, I'm at Art Basel. I'm looking at the, to- the scope tent and I'm telling this art curator, I'm going to be doing scope next year. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to do scope next year. And she goes, yeah, okay, whatever. Literally two months later, I was doing Scope in New York City. Scope reached out to me and said, hey, we heard about you. We saw your stuff. You spoke to the right people. Um, we would like you to show in New York City. I didn't have gallery representation at the time in New York, and I actually got some representation um, up there, uh, and I got into Scope. So my mind frame went to... I need to come up with a sticker or something that I can go up there when I'm up in New York doing the show, blast it everywhere that I. Oh, we lost you. No, there he is. You got you. Oh, did you? I had a New York street artist calling me up just now. Everybody's calling me up and asking me stuff today. Um, <laughs> so I, I wind up, I wind up doing this sticker with a, with a friend of mine and you know, I wanted something that if you look in the sunglasses, you can see, you could see a faded image of the, the New York City skyline in the, in the sunglasses. So it was kind of like, all right, the respirators, the graffiti guy, the baseball cap, you know, the usual outfit, you know, it, the, the glasses on. At first, I thought I looked a little too much like um, uh, the Unabomber, but I said, you know what, I was like... <laughs> I was like, let's put something in the glasses so I don't look so much like the Unabomber. And, you know, yeah. we put the New York City skyline. And then I was like, all right, well, we're going to make a couple of thousand of these. And I'm just going to blast New York City when I go up to do scope. Yeah. And it, it worked. And I did scope Miami Beach again. I've done I don't know how many shows since then. Um, you know, it just it worked. So I started to go, all right, well, I, I could do the gallery shows. I got the connections in that world. But I, you know, the New York guy, the graffiti guy and the Vandal guy came out of me and I was like, you know what, I really need, if I'm going to call myself Sinclair the Vandal, I need to get my ass back out in the street some way, somehow and start making myself known. And, you know, like when people see me write the word Sinclair, they're like, this guy's got graffiti roots because I'm tagging Sinclair like a writer would, you know, they can, they can see in the handwriting that I'm not just some dude who picked up a spray can yesterday. 
Um, you know, so, you know, but, but now, but now even, you know, everything's a, is, a, is an integral part of the, the toolbox, the we pasting, the stickers, you know, tagging, throw ups, uh, you know, NFTs, uh, you know, anything and everything I can get my hands into. I'm trying to make sure that I have my tentacles in something because you, you just don't know what's going to be the one thing that takes you. I've seen this in the music business. You're a nobody one day and you're a somebody that's, you know, doing extremely well for yourself with one. Oh, it's song. all about finding your medium. That's what sure. I, I keep trying to tell people, man. A lot of, a lot of the, you know, people who could be incredible artists just haven't found their medium yet. Yep. You know, Absolutely. you find yep. the medium that works best for you. Mm -hmm. Yep. One of the ones then, I you know, love, man, is this Zagat rated one, man, because, you know. Oh, dude, I, I, <laughs> I was okay, actually. So the audience, yeah. basically, there's some Zagat rated stickers that looks exactly like it. And underneath, it just says Street Art uh, Sinclair the Vandal. Because, you know, one of the points <laughs> of stickers is to keep them up as long as possible to make them look exactly Bingo. like. There, there you go. go right? Bravo, okay. bravo, man. There you go. You know so the, mean? Thought, so the thought process. The ride. The thought process. And, and, and I actually. I am doing several right now that will have the same impact that will not look like they, nobody's going to second guess them unless they really take a good hard look at them. Um, and it, <laughs> it really is, it really is for the point of how long is it going to ride? Because yeah. I, I did love those, those stickers. man. Yeah. I did those stickers and I was in New York city and like every restaurant, I'm like Zagarate, Zagarate. I'm like, if I put a Zagarate sticker on a restaurant, I don't even think the employees will even second guess it and look at it. They're just going to walk into the door and go, okay, Zag, we're Zagarate. We got Zagarate. So I, I did them. I made them. And I made sure they were on like the more iconic restaurants in New York City. And people were like, I just saw a Sinclair Zagat rated sticker on Katz's Deli in the Lower East Side. And I'm like, you did, didn't you? I'm like, all right, you know. And then I actually did another run of uh, don't litter stickers and I started putting I, them on garbage cans in New York City. So they look nice. like they belong on the garbage cans and they have a they have the, the, the code on it so people can scan the code and it takes you right to my Instagram. And, you know, no, just, oh, man. Just, man. just trying to play with stuff, you know, just trying yeah, to play with clever, stuff. That's clever, man. That's what it's about, I, man. I, I noticed if you put, you put a sticker up in, in, you know, a spot that's known for stickers and we paste, Either, a, you know, you're going to have a hater, a fan, or somebody who's forced to clean that wall, rip that shit off. And I'm like, where can I put stickers that nobody's going to think twice until they really figure out it's, you know, got nothing to do with them being exaggerated or <laughs> littering or anything like that. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of playing around with those little, those little messages that are going to be incognito, but right in your face. And you might not even realize it's there until somebody takes a picture and goes, hey, look at him on Instagram. You know, he, <laughs> he, did, he did X, Y, and Z. But the Zagger I'm going to take man. a wild guess here and, and, and say maybe you're a little bit like me in that, you know, uh, up until the day you die, when you see yeah. little opportunities like that, you're going to yeah. keep getting yeah. stuff up in the yeah. streets, right? I'll be, I'll be the <laughs> seven-year-old guy with a, with a Sharpie writing my name, you know, in the nursing home on the windows <laughs> and shit, you know? I'll be that guy. There's no here's, doubt about it, bro. Here's the, I love uh, it. Here's yeah. the uh, don't litter <laughs> on the uh, trash can. It's so it's, smart. Man. It says don't litter then, on the this, brim, actually, too. You know what I mean? So it just matches, like, exactly, basically. Yeah, so. So, some, some of them are better placed. That one was not so great. <laughs> Here's the thing. Eden, Eden Fine Art in New York City, I hit with the Zagat rated. And I was like, well, it's not a restaurant. But I'm like, you know, they say they have fine art. You know, I'm going to put some street art into their little fine art scenario. Yeah. And then I just hit, I hit the garbage can out in the front of their gallery. 
<laughs> people started tagging me on Instagram going, oh, they now have fine art because my stickers are on the place, which, you know, I know they, you know, that, that might piss them off, but the, I, I the guild has terrible. made their rating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like the QR code usage too. Cause a lot of people, yeah. uh, uh, you Smart, know, man. uh, you know, that's like the next level of, uh, um, you know, connecting the internet world, yeah. with the physical world. I, I, I gotta, I gotta give, I have, I, I I'm not going to name the person, but I got to give somebody credit. Somebody kind of, we, we, we came up with that idea. I came up with that idea with somebody from soul magazine. So that was, uh, oh, I you see. know, that, Ooh, that was a collab out. idea. Shout out to soul Still magazine. works, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah shout uh, out soul. Uh, yeah, man, I'll, you know, I'll tell I'll tell you who she was. Her name is Christy. So Christy at soul magazine helped me with that one. Shout out to Christy, man. We love to have somebody from soul magazine on. Cause I know it's more of an East coast thing and the people we yep. love to kind of like, uh, Invite them to, uh, uh, you know, we have a lot of West Coast listeners. Also, yep. East Coast listeners to UK listeners. Shout out to all our international listeners, man. But, uh, hey, yeah. man, we, we got to invite you on again, man, because this was such uh, a wonderful Anytime, dude. Man. Oh, dude, anytime, this guy's man, I accent, I can listen to this all day. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I man. Love yeah, man. this accent. Talking to and this type of guy. You got to let me know when you're in Florida again. I'll come up. I'll come up. I'll drive the four or five hours to go to the true south because it's not down here. It's up there. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I'll do that, man. Most definitely. Oh, yeah, Where man, can but... people, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you to, to get you know work what? done or whatever? Instagram. Instagram is okay. my number one, number one tool. It's not a website. It's not any other social media platform. It's Instagram. That's, Instagram is, has been the, the, the end all be all for me. Hell yeah, you and that's just website, basically though, right? Sinclair the Vandal, right? Correct. And you do have a website though, right? Sinclair? I do have a website. Okay. Yeah, SinclairTheVandal.com. Yeah, and you can find that but from it's gonna his take, Instagram. It's going to take you to my Instagram. Okay. So. <laughs> smart. That's smart, man. There you go. That's awesome. Smart. Awesome, man. Well, dude, man, I'm going to – I would like to invite you on again, man, because we had sure, an anytime, awesome man. time talking Thank to you. Thank you so much man, for your time, and, uh, man. Sure. Great like stories, too. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. We got to hear some more stories, and we got a lot of mutual friends. You know, shout out to all the New York artists. Chris, yeah. your boss will kill, man, all those guys. I, I, I want to I give one shout-out. Chris oh, yeah. RWK, I want to give a shout-out to the crew eyebrows, uh, Baston714, and my boy Duel out in L.A. who just put some stuff up for me over there in Melrose. Oh, uh, hell yeah. Duel, yes. Oh, yeah. I love that oh, guy, yeah. man. He's doing some great stuff out here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so well, big shout-out. man, out. it's been an awesome time chatting with you, man. This is really yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate man. it. I love the stories, yeah. and, and like I said, we love to – I love it when people are know about music and art because that's basically yep. me and Teach combined. You, you know what I mean? So uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, sure. all, it's also uh, just a great combo, man. So yeah, yeah we'll invite you on again. But uh, um, but thank you so much for uh, hanging out. With Absolutely, this day, man. I appreciate oh, it. Yeah. Thank you for having me, guys. Oh yeah. All right, to the audience, uh, follow us at PTTP Show. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes, and uh, yeah, pretty much that's it. Love you guys. Take care and peace. All right, man. And in